we'd like to welcome you back to part four of our current event and weekly Bible study for September 2nd, 2013. This is from a listener of mine named Greg, um, and it's subject, South Carolina makes being homeless now illegal, and them send it to essentially guarded FEMA camps. There's a link here, and uh, you can click on the YouTube video. Columbia, South Carolina says homelessness is a crime now, sends them to guarded camps where they can't leave without permission. This is the FEMA camp in your face. First they take the homeless, next will be the right-wing extremist or whoever opposes the communist takeover of America. This is the mainstream media news reporting this as well. Now, again, this is kind of what reminiscent of Hitler. You know, take away the undesirables first, the, the homeless, the retarded, the whatever, drunkards, these types of things. What does that do, though, when you, elite, when you make that type of behavior illegal? Um, well, it gets you used to that concept. Oh, well, that's a good excuse, I guess. We don't want these riffraff um, on the streets, so we need to take them to FEMA camps. And guess what? They're going to disappear. I'd almost guarantee you they're going to disappear. And this is how so many people turn up every year missing, I'd say right now probably around a million people missing every year. Most of them, a large majority of them, are in the homeless um, that homeless demographic. Because the Illuminati knows if they go missing, who's going to report it? Another homeless person? They're already off the radar once they've gotten to that stage. If they get to that stage and they go missing, okay, who's going to miss them? Where do you think they get all the human sacrifices for the satanic covens or whatever they're doing in underground bases, as we've talked about before? I mean, Satan is requiring more and more blood, not only in the abortion clinics, but also in the satanic and luciferian or whatever type of pagan coven that you're in. Not you, personally, but these satanists are in. Okay, He is requiring further amounts of blood to a appease his bloodthirsty appetite and this is going to be a way where they can literally railroad them in and hey they can fudge the numbers yeah we have these people come in oh wow the streets are nice and clean now i've heard of these stories over and over again where they have huge homeless populations and then literally in a one two day period all these people are all of a sudden gone and some of the homeless people that make it out say yeah these these vans came in the middle of the night and they were gone we've never seen them again well, they're disposable. They're disposable human beings in the Illuminati's eyes that aren't don't have to be accountable for. They're off the radar anyway. Nobody will even miss them. I'm telling you, there's some really, really, really bad, bad stuff that goes on, not only behind closed doors, but underground. And I truly believe these people are being targeted right now and have been targeted for a long time. So... I'm just going to play this news clip, and um, you can hear for yourself what's going on here. Now, I have a listener down in Tampa who is also confirming that they're starting to do this in Tampa. They're making it illegal to be homeless in Tampa. They're doing this all over the country. This isn't just Columbia, South Carolina. I was just I was actually just in Columbia, South Carolina for the first time ever, like, ugh, about a month ago. And um, I was there downtown and and yeah we noticed um 
we noticed there was a pretty good homeless population there. There was, I mean, this one lady was on Bush. She was just, you could just tell, she was just crazy. And, and, um, these are, these are people that, that are viewed as disposable by our society. And I'm not saying I view them that way. I'm saying that society views them that way. And it might be drug addicts. They might be drunkards. They might be, um, uh, Vietnam or, or, or veterans of, of the, in the government, like I said, with all the stuff they've done with the vaccinations and the, and the meds and all the other stuff, these people have went, you know, they're just, some of them have went off the deep end. Some of them have just maybe lost their house or maybe they're just on the street, maybe through no fault of their own. I don't want to, I don't want to judge them. I'm just saying that, that there's a lot and see as the economy continues to collapse more and more, you're going to be having more and more of these types of people. And I think that this program they're enacting with these, I think this is where they're going to really get these 800 FEMA camps that they got pre-positioned around the, the country that we're aware of. Who knows what else they've got. They probably got way more than that. Um, they're going to start cranking up these FEMA camps and having an excuse to you know, get the doors kicked open and, and, and get their extermination centers going. Uh, that's the only thing I see this that coming from this. Let's move on to another city out there that has passed legislation that is criminalizing homelessness. City council members in Columbia, South Carolina, recently voted unanimously to give people on the streets the option to relocate or to get arrested. Now, this stems from concerns that Columbia has become a, quote, magnet for homeless people, according to the city's emergency homeless response report. And council members are urging people that this is just a temporary stopgap measure. That's something that Councilman Cameron Runyon told local station WIS-TV about. Take a listen. This is stopgap. This is going to open up a window of opportunity for us to come together as a community to develop the long-term response to this problem. This problem has plagued us for a generation and a half at least. So you can't come up with a long-term response yet. You just start arresting people. Um, I'd say that it's pretty troubling, John. And as I mentioned... Now, this is from the liberal Huffington Post. Okay, they, they did a pretty good job, though, of objectively reporting on this. Even a liberal, pro-gay, pro-abortion Huffington Post has enough sense to see that this is wrong. And it's not the first city in the United States that we've seen resort to similar measures. No, this is this is going to happen everywhere. This is going to happen everywhere in all the big metropolitan areas, and then probably branching out into other. Uh, less populated areas, but they're going to do it in the metropolitan areas and big cities first. And these are all trial runs for for roundups, really, as well as so they can get some practice in. Yeah, no, there's a few cities that have done this, and you know, I know they talk about the fact that there's a off-site homeless shelter that they can ship the homelessly arrested. It's a FEMA camp, essentially. It's two, but one they have nowhere near the number of beds that equal the Columbia's homeless population. Here, they're, they're showing a picture of these, this facility with a, uh, looks like a chain link. I don't know if there's Bob wire on top of it. It's too close to see. But, um, yeah, they're showing the picture of this. Two, it's police guarded. They can't leave without permission. They have to be shuttled to and from on a special shuttle bus. So I'm not sure. Is this a shelter or prison for the homeless, it, you know, but at the same time, a lot of... Well, I mean, it's it's a prison for the homeless. And again, they're going to be weeded out. As more people come in, there's going to be other ones just disappearing. And, they're, and they'll tell the other homeless, Oh, you know what? Uh, John, he decided to uh, relocate. And he relocated and, uh, you know, he's, he's went his separate way. It's so easy to make people disappear in this type of environment. 
to, you know, we've talked about several cities that have been doing this, you know, cited in the article, you know, cities obviously are looking, you know, looking at their downtown business districts, want to bring in people, but at the same time, let's look at addressing the root cause of homelessness, not criminalizing, you know, the fact that someone, you know, just doesn't have a home because they may not have the job, they may not have the money, you know, a lot of other cities are looking at other ways to address homelessness, not, you know, arresting them, shipping them out to someplace in the middle of no place and putting them in a shelter that may or may not be homeless jail. So yeah, well, well, it's, interesting. It, it's not addressing the problem. You know, it's, it's just uh, that mentality of locking people up and throwing away the key and trying to just forget about it and not even have to acknowledge or visually see that this problem exists anymore, which, um, you know, I just think is a horrifying, horrifying development. So I would say that was a pretty fair assessment there, and uh, even by a liberal liberal news organization. So, um, yeah, uh, just just absolutely unbelievable what's going on right now. And again, I really feel like this is a um, prelude to a lot of the stuff we mentioned today about roundups. You know, activating the red and the blue list and these types of things. And this is the, hey, this is the perfect time if they want to get up on their trial run ability to round people up and get them into these camps and get people acclimated to that thought process of, oh, we have, and okay, and then let's say martial law is declared, there's false flag nuclear events, whatever going on, and people are displaced, natural disasters, people are displaced from their houses. Well, now it's not just the homeless, or it may be the homeless, it may be somebody that just lost their home. Now they're in the same boat. Now we, we've got to do this. We've got to activate all these 800 FEMA camps and whatever else they've got in order to uh, accommodate all these people. And um, uh, not something I would ever advise you ever going along with, okay? Because most likely you go there, you will never, ever um, get out of there. Okay, and so going further, this is an email I got this week from a listener, and it's entitled Vehicle Diagnostics of the OBD-3. Now bear with me on this one, because this is pretty uh, draconianly interesting, um, and something that is good to know, this is one of those being aware of Satan's devices lest he get an advantage of us. I'm a student here in, I'm not going to say what technical college, in... I'm not going to say where he's at, but going for automotive technology. I'm really interested in vehicles, so I take a garrison of studies here. Today, we were discussing government regulations and emission tests from both the federal government and the state of California. And from the looks of it, California is even more strict than the feds. However, the most impacting conversation and analysis came from this concept called OBD3, which is short for Onboard Diagnostics Version 3. OBD is basically the interface of the electronic engine computer checks and tests. It is what sends the check engine light signal to the instrument panel. We are currently on OBD2 specs, and it is very useful to us technicians and consumers alike when it comes to diagnosing a vehicular problem. Now, the OBD3 is something out of this world. It's basically OBD2, but with the big brother right over your shoulder. Let's say, for example, you have a 2016 Corvette. You are riding down the highway, and the check engine light comes on. But you ignore it. 
A week later, a letter comes in the mail, and it's from OnStar people, or whatever company stating that they have indicated that your check engine light has been on since that moment it turned on a week before. They even give you the date and the time the light came on. However, you ignore that letter, and later on they send you another letter. You ignore that letter, and, and boom, then they shut off your car remotely, disabling its use. This is, this is the brave new George Orwellian big brother world that we're moving into. Okay, Going back to the letter, according to my instructor, this technology has existed since 1996, but the government hasn't turned on the GPS capabilities that they are now trying to subtly implement. Any car, regardless if it has a GPS or not, that is from 90, 1996 and above, have GPS wiring embedded into its electric electrical harnesses that connect it to the dash. I would strongly suggest that getting an old car is not that bad of an idea. And if you want to go with the whole EMP concept, you go all the way back to 1983, I believe, and before that. Again, you can look that up on YouTube. I understand that these cars may or may not come in great conditions, but they are repairable, fixable, and are more much more private. So I appreciate his input there regarding this because I was not aware of a lot of the information he went over. Okay, next report here. The Burning Man Festival draws 68,000 people to America's largest pagan cult gathering. This is just mind-blowing, this report as well. Um, the Bible says in Ezekiel 27, Then said I unto them, Cast ye away every man the abominations of his eyes, and defile not yourselves with the idols of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Um, the Burning Man Pagan Festival began like this. The Burning Man stems from a small group of free-spirited artists in the San Francisco area who got together to burn a wooden effigy on the beach in 1986. Kind of like the Wicker Man that is burned was burned by um, the pagans, the Druid priests, on uh, Halloween. And this is how we get our Halloween traditions, except the Wicker Man was literally filled with human bodies as human sacrifices to uh, Satan, essentially, on Halloween as a sacrifice. And they would burn the Wicker Man, and it would. Um, there was even two shows about the Wicker Man that Hollywood's made, an older one and a more newer one, and that's, what, that's how the Druids celebrated Halloween. And I did a whole study, if you want to know more about that, Kian Halloween... And the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com and exposes that pagan holiday like I expose Xmas, Christmas, Ishtar, Easter, uh, St. Valentine's Day. I've done studies on all of them as well. Uh, so anyway, let's go further here. Um, this little beach event has grown to an annual gathering of nearly 70,000 attendees and has moved to the Black Rock Desert of Nevada where hippies, yuppies, and wannabe bohemians of every type meet up and enjoy a week of self-crazy self-expression, I'm sure uh, unrestrained sex as well, self-reliance, and communal craziness. Here we have a picture of a woman, uh, a worshiper praying to her god Osiris at Burning Man 2013. It's literally this pyramid with like wings at the top, with a kundalini serpent going up the the front of the pyramid, and she's sitting there in a lotus position praying to it. I mean, this is as new age and as evil and as pagan as it could possibly get, this Burning Man. And, um, but the reality of the Burning Man is much closer to the worship of the gods of the underworld than it is to Woodstock. Every manner of perversion and occultic practice is on open display during the annual Labor Day weekend extravaganza. So this is pretty much going on, um, 
yeah, right now as we as we speak, or, or it was. This is the Old Testament Baal worship in overdrive. Here is the report of this year's Burning Man theme. Here's a, a picture also. They have a pyramid with the all-seeing eye of Lucifer at the top of it. Um, they've got, I mean, it's really elaborate now. If you've ever seen pictures of this, it gets more and more elaborate every single year. Uh, by morning on Wednesday, there were 15 streets circling the temporary city created by attendees, and the forecast remains free of dust storms. Many have been impressed by the size and the look of this year's man base, a structure that houses the iconic man figure burned each year near the event's close. I'm thinking that's what we're looking at. It's this, probably this pyramid we're looking at here. Um, inside is a flying saucer. Under the man is a multi-level structure of zoetropes, which in a, a giant chandelier and a views and views of Black Rock City, um, everything that the Bible says that God hates, like idol worship, sacrificing to false gods, is on full display all week long. The art theme this year is car, cult cargo, and focuses on a strange being called John Froome. Okay, this is this was the art theme for this year's Burning Man. So they're focusing on the strange being called John Froome. Okay. He is known to us by many names. The visitor from elsewhere, dispenser of endless abundance, and the wielder of mysterious technologies. Hmm. John Froome, also known as Quetzalcoatl, which is the plumed serpent that the uh, Mayans and the Aztecs are waiting for to come back, Osiris, etc. The website reads, quote, His cargo is splendid. His generosity, boundless. His motives, beyond our understanding. But across the ages and around the world, the stories all agree. One day, he will return. Bearing great gifts. Our theme this year asks three related questions. Who is John from? Where is he really from? And where on spaceship Earth are we all going uh, I can answer all of those questions. John Frum is obviously the Antichrist that the world is awaiting, and different cults are waiting under different names. And he is going to come bearing great gifts as a man of peace with the false prophet. He is going to do great signs and lying wonders and miracles, whereby which he will deceive the whole world. He's going to come with his UFO squadron that he says he's in control of with his ascended masters. They're going to claim ownership of all the human race. They're going to say they're our creators, see the ancient astronaut theory, and that we're their little science project and we mess things up so bad, they've got to come back at this critical time to restore balance to the planet. That's exactly pretty much what they're going to most likely say. And if we play our cards right, we can be as gods like the serpent promised Eve in the Garden of Eden, just like they are, and they'll take us from the old world order of the age of Pisces, dominated by that pesky Jesus Christ, into the new world order, okay, uh, going into the age of Aquarius, which will be dominated more by a figure they refer to as Maitreya. So, oh, sorry about that. Anyway, that's what most likely they're going to say when the Antichrist makes his big debut, and if we're on the cusp of World War III and Damascus being annihilated, we could be very close to that day indeed. Okay, so who's John from? I told you that. Where is he really from? Uh, well, he was an angel. No, no, that's that's Satan himself. I don't want to give the Antichrist quite that much credit. Oh, it's from the pit of hell. And where in spaceship Earth are we all going? Well, you're all going to hell unless you repent and get saved, and then 
you know, then you can have access to heaven, okay, when you die. But if you continue on this the sinister pagan course that you're on right now, all these 68,000 attendees at Burning Man, then you're going to go to hell. So, anyway, so I'm going to go ahead, and I, I never heard of this John Frum guy. I, I'm like, John Frum? What is this about? What is this? What is a cult? What is a cargo cult? I never heard of any of this. Well, I'm going to play this brief video that explains this. Because this is so insane to me when I heard this. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is what the theme was for this year Burning Man? This cargo cult John Frum thing? Talk about fringe. Okay, listen to this. You're not going to believe this. So I'm going to go ahead and pause it for a second. I'm going to come back and play this. Okay, so these devils making this video have the audacity to refer to the cult of Christianity over and over and over. And saying that this John Frum cult is a is just like Christianity in the way that it ended up spreading in the in the blind devotion that these people had to this John Frum character. And and uh, just absolute total fork tongue blasphemy coming out of their mouth. But I wanted to kind of skip ahead a little bit and just give a uh, what who is John from? What is a cargo cult? Because this is something that was news to, to me as well. My main authority for the cargo cults is David Attenborough's Quest in Paradise, which he very kindly presented to me. The pattern is the same for all of them, from the earliest cults in the 19th century to the more famous ones that grew up in the aftermath of the Second World War. It seems that in every case the islanders were bowled over by the wondrous possessions of the white immigrants to their islands. Okay, so to give you a little bit of history, these are, I believe, mostly World War II military occupations of different islands in, like, the Solomons, uh, maybe Micronesia, these types of areas, staging, obviously, to um, maybe staging areas to fight the Japanese, these types of things. You gotta understand, these people were maybe isolated totally from any type of um, societal technology at the time, and you have a whole bunch of, uh, basically a whole bunch of white guys showing up, mostly, that have technology that's far greater than anything they've ever seen, and they think that these guys are basically like gods, and they think that what they possess is magic. Okay, these were these people were already pagans to begin with. So, anybody that comes in with that type of flash... Okay, they're going to be very uh, uh, um, open to being deceived into thinking that these guys are like gods. And this is, this is the premise that we're talking about here. Including administrators, soldiers, and missionaries. They were perhaps the victims of Arthur C. Clarke's Third Law, which I quoted in Chapter 2. Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. The islanders noticed that the white people who enjoyed these wonders never made them themselves. When articles needed repairing, they were sent away, and new ones kept arriving as cards. Okay, so for example, um, white servicemen, he's talking on a radio. The radio breaks, he doesn't repair it, he sends it away. Wow, a new one comes, in the form of cargo. Okay, that would apply to anything that would have technology that they've never seen, and that was probably about everything they had in their possession. Okay, so this is where we get the term cargo cult. He's going to explain that now. Go In ships or later planes. No white man was ever seen to make or repair anything, nor indeed did they do anything that could be recognized as useful work of any kind. 
sitting behind a desk shuffling papers, was obviously some kind of religious devotion. Evidently, then, the pa- these guys they're showing these these men on these islands, and they've got literally USA. I don't know if it's tattooed or whatever across their chest. They literally they're viewing them as gods, essentially, and they're trying to imitate them, and they're trying to glorify USA because they've got all this technology that's totally overwhelming for for these these black natives to see this. Okay, um, and and this is what's going on here. Argo must be of supernatural origin. As if in corroboration of this, the white men did do certain things that could only have been rituals. Okay, now we've got these same natives in there with with bamboo stalks with, that are painted red on both ends, and they look kind of like guns, and they're marching around like the servicemen would do, and this is part of how they their religion that was started formed from this, this cargo cult, thinking uh, that these guys were almost like gods, and that... Um, the, they, they were waiting for more cargo to come on the island, and this is what the, literally the, the religion became centered around. And they would literally go through all of these militaristic American type of, of gyrations in order to imitate that, thinking that maybe the cargo would come quicker. Ceremonies. They build tall masts with wires attached to them. They sit listening to small boxes that glow with light and emit curious noises and strangled voices. They persuade the local people to dress up in identical clothes and march them up and down. And it would hardly be possible to devise a more useless occupation than that. They've, they've all got USA painted across their bare skin on their chest. And they're all carrying these bamboo-like simulated guns. They're not real guns, they're bamboo. And they're all wearing like the same kind of pants. And they're saluting like a soldier. I mean, it's really pitiful. It really is. I mean, these people need to get saved. And, and they're just being, I guess they've just, I mean, I, I don't, the, the, the thing about it is, is, is you know, I, I didn't see the military trying to do anything to dissuade this, this type of reverential, like, literal worship, so much so that it formed into, into a religion. Then the native realizes that he has stumbled on the answer to the mystery. It is these incomprehensible actions that are the rituals employed by the white man to persuade the gods to send the cargo. If the native wants the cargo, then he too must do these things. It is str- so again, this is why they were marching around with these simulated guns, and they they're trying to they're trying to imitate the white man doing this. I mean, it's just really pitiful. Striking that similar cargo cults sprang up independently on islands that were widely separated, both geographically and culturally. David Attenborough tells us that. Anthropologists have noted two separate outbreaks in New Caledonia, four in the Solomons, four in Fiji, seven in... And now what they've done is they've got all their tribal leaders dressed up like as close as they can get with their own um, capability of tailoring clothes. They've got them literally dressed up like you would see a colonel or somebody with like, you know, a sash and like medals and and stuff like that that's their highest tribal elder chief guys are dressed up like that it's 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 really it is pitiful the new hebrides and over 50 in new guinea most of them being quite independent and unconnected with one another the majority of these religions claim that one particular messiah will bring the cargo when the day of the apocalypse arrives 
The independent flowering of so many independent but similar cults suggests some unifying features of human psychology in general. One famous cult on the island of... So what they're doing now is they're showing the ceremony where they're coming out and they've got three different flagpoles. I don't know if they all have American flags on them, but it's this big ceremony where they're putting the American flags up and they believe that they've got to do this for more cargo to come. You know? It's just unbelievable. I've seen bits and pieces of this, but I just couldn't believe this, literally, this religion existed until I saw it, uh, this little documentary on it. Anna in the New Hebrides, known as Vanuatu since 1980, is still extant. It is centered on a messianic figure called John Frum. This is where the John Frum thing started. That is the theme for this year's Burning Man. How delusional can you get? 68,000 pagans in the in the desert all waiting also for John Frum? I mean, these people are pagans that would know better. You know what I mean? These poor people on these islands, they didn't know any better. They were just brainwashed. They didn't have any any access to, I believe, uh, true Bible-believing Christianity. They had no access to the Word of God. They, they, you know what I mean? They were at a severe disadvantage. Whereas these pagans in the desert are now part of the same, or, or evidently embracing the same cargo cult, John Frum mentality. It, it's just, it's mind-boggling to me, the deception, and how people, it seems like they just want to be deceived. Anything but answering to a holy... A holy God is, is is anything but that. References to John Frum in official government records go back only as far as 1940, but even for so recent a myth, it is not known for certain whether he ever existed as a real man. One legend described him as a little man with a high-pitched voice and bleached hair, wearing a coat with shining buttons. He made strange prophecies, and he went out of his way to turn the people against the missionaries. Eventually, I'll turn them against the missionaries. Maybe they did have more more um, access to the Word of God than I thought, and maybe Satan prepositioned this lie from the pit of hell there so that they could not get saved. Probably that was more likely the scenario here. Um, but what they're doing is comparing all of this to Jesus Christ. The actual title of this video is "The Origin of Faith: John from versus Jesus." Why is it, why isn't it John from versus Buddha or John from versus Krishna or whatever? No, because Jesus, Christianity is the only thing that matters and the devil knows that. So he's got to try to constantly discredit it over and over and over again. Okay. Well, Taylor just made a comment that, which is true. All this does when you see John from versus Jesus, why is it Jesus? Because it just validates Christianity. Because it's like, okay, what's what's the competition for Satan? Jesus. So we got to try to discredit Jesus. We don't want to discredit Buddhism or Shintoism or, or, or Mormonism or Catholicism or whatever. We want to discredit Jesus Christ of the Bible and compare him to John Frum. And this blind, they're trying to say the blind adoration that Jesus Christ had of his disciples is no different than this John Frum cargo cult that started. you know. And it, just Satan's attempts to try to, you know discredit um, true Bible-believing Christianity. So let's go further here. He returned to the ancestors after promising a triumphal second coming bearing bountiful cargo. Now, Maitreya said 
And I'm not saying it's Maitreya, but if it is him or if it's someone else, he said on the day of declaration on the United Nations sponsored website that on that day when he, and let's just say the Antichrist, makes his big debut, that everyone will hear him in their own language. And when they look up into the sky, they will literally see whatever religious leaders face that they're waiting on. It'll literally be like a holographic image in the sky. Now, we we know with Project Blue Beam, they already have that technology. Um, uh, just from a technological standpoint, they have that, okay? And for, for you to hear them in your own eye, they've already got the whole voice to voice to skull thing down. I've, I've reported on that in recent things, how they can literally beam voices and things like this into your head. And it's going to be, you're going to have this euphoric feeling. They already have that type of capability of creating frequencies to get, create unbelievable pain or euphoria or whatever as you're receiving this message. Now, I believe the Lord Jesus Christ can protect you from all of that. I believe that's your only hope of protection from that as a saved Christian. People that aren't saved, I believe, are going to be at a huge, gigantic disadvantage regarding that. But these cargo cult islands, I wouldn't be surprised if whatever they perceive John from looked like, they will see his face in the sky or see him in the sky coming and shortly thereafter bearing great gifts or whatever, however that's going to work out. Okay, Each major religious system of the um, planet is going to have their own particular savior uh, most likely make that big debut. Okay, And how that all works, I can't say 100%, but the Buddhists are waiting for the fifth Buddha, uh, the Hindus are waiting for Krishna, the um, Muslims are waiting for Imam Mahdi, the Christians are waiting for... Uh, the return of Jesus Christ, okay, and um, then there's one other one. It's kind of slipping my mind right now, but anyway, so you got all these people waiting for their awaited Savior, okay. This is just another great example of that, and they're going to expect their awaited Savior coming bearing great gifts, which also aligns with the narrative that I said about the Antichrist and coming with signs and line wonders and miracles and all kind of goodies, technological, oh, we're going to have a cure for cancer, we got a cure for this, hey, just take this vaccine. You know, like the scenario they, they presented on V, where we had ships the size of, of um, the whole city over the city and, and is an intimidation factor, and these ascended masters saying, who say, we're going to say they're our creators, they're our weighted saviors, are going to say, yeah, listen, you know, we got all this figured out, you just got to uh, kind of do what we say in order to get the goodies. And there's whole swaths of the UFO community that are pushing and pushing and pushing for what they term as disclosure, meaning the government's going to admit that they've been working with these alien entities for all these years and that they've been suppressing all of this technology and that the government's really the bad guys and the good guys are these ascended masters and they're going to finally come and liberate humanity and we're going to have free energy, we're going to have, you know, all cured all diseases and all these other things. You know, but it's going to come essentially at a gigantic price. Your soul, essentially, and um, most likely that will morph into taking the mark of the beast in order to potentially receive these types of tainted evil technologies that will have a huge, most likely, uh, demonic, satanic baggage attached to them, like a cursed object. So, let's go further. Apocalyptic vision included a great cataclysm. The mountains would fall flat and the valleys would be filled. Old people would regain their youth, and sickness would vanish. The white people would be expelled from the island, never to return. 
and cargo would arrive in great quantity, so that everybody would have as much as he wanted. Most worryingly for the government... And again, the cargo thing is like the disclosure people. The disclosure people are like, I don't care if I've got to sell my soul. Just admit that you've been, the government's been working with these these UFO whatever entities. And if you want to know more about that, the, the, the uh, literal treaty that we entered into with these supposed alien entities, which are nothing more than, than some type of um, demonic, fallen angelic, hybrid-like creatures, okay, that Satan has concocted for the end times, um, just like he did in the days of Noah, and Jesus Christ said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Well, what were they? They were Nephilim-like hybrid creatures that had essentially taken over the planet and defiled all of humanity. And defiled all the earth. And now we have GMO crops. We've got the skies being defiled with the chemtrails. We've got the water supply being defiled. We've got us, the humans being defiled through all the garbage that they're putting in us with the vaccines. It's no different. It's just a different way they're doing it. It's just been more subtle. And it's probably taken a little bit longer for them to work all of that out. So we're, we're really in the, uh, um, we're, we're in the, the, the last stages of all this being fully implemented here. John Frum also prophesied that on his second coming, he would bring a new coinage stamped with the image of a coconut. The people must therefore get rid of all their money of the white man's currency. Oh, but the point I was trying to make is the disclosure people, the ones that want UFO, the whole, how our government's working with, and that's getting very close. We've even got an, uh, an office of extraterrestrial affairs now that they're implementing. I went over that and uh, I think two or three teachings ago, okay? Just key in extraterrestrial or affairs in the keyword search box, you'll find it. The government's gearing up for that that eventuality that will happen. The Vatican's totally stated that this is going to happen. I went over that many times. We've been totally prepared for that. But the people that want disclosure, I've seen over and over and over again, they will sell their souls just for the technology alone that they think these aliens are going to bring to the table. Okay? Free energy, uh, whatever. No disease, free all these things that they're going to promise, that they won't deliver. It'll, it'll be the greatest time of depopulation our world's ever probably ever known. It's going to be the exact opposite of what they think it's going to be. But at first, they're going to act like, oh, we're great guys. You know, we're, we're your buddies. But these people in this cargo cult are very similar because their whole religion is based around we want the goodies. We want the cargo. And we'll devote our whole lives to this. We'll sell our souls to, to whatever cargo cult god that there is. We'll reject Christianity because evidently they had missionaries come there in order to get the goodies. And, you know, it's just, that's why we're not supposed to, supposed to pursue, um, all of these materialistic things because it can literally, I mean, in this case, it started a whole cult based on goodies. Gimme, 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 essentially. In 1941, this led to a wild spending spree. The people stopped working and the island's economy was seriously damaged. The colonial administrators arrested the ringleaders but nothing that they could do would kill the cult, and the mission churches and schools became deserted. A little later, a new doctrine grew up that John Frum was king of America. Providentially, American troops arrived in the New Hebrides around this time, and, wonder of wonders, they included black men, who were not poor like the islanders, but as richly endowed with cargo as the white soldiers. Wild excitement overwhelmed Tanner. 
the day of the apocalypse was imminent. They figured if they saw other black men that came from America who had the same cargo as the white people, then that there was hope for them, and that only further strengthened and bolstered their their dedication to this John from cargo cult religion. I mean, just beyond insanity. So, if we go back to this, it says... um, uh, one of the many temples, going back to the Burning Man thing, one of the many temples in Burning Man City, you can clearly see the all-seeing eye of Horus. Various fallen angels and the leaders of the uh, Satanist movement are, are there on uh, as well. The leaders of this massive gathering have stated an open and obvious aim. To prepare their followers for the appearance of a mystical man from outer space to lead them. Now, in this case, it's John Frum. <laughs> You would have thought they could have got a better dude than John Frum. Some little fringe messianic figure from these cargo cult fringe islands in in, in the South Pacific. You know, you, you could have thought they might have been able to do a little better. But I guess they, they bought into it as well. Uh, And with nearly 70,000 worshippers in attendance, this pagan church in the desert is rapidly spreading their religion. Uh, Again, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, you know, and for this cause. And again, this is after the wicked is revealed, the Antichrist. This is in the midst of the falling away of the church, okay? And for this cause, God shall send them, and that's humanity in general, Strong delusion that they will believe a lie, that they might all be damned who received not the love of the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. You know, these people are motivated out of a materialistic desire for stuff and goodies. And what can you give me? Mr. Antichrist, what can you give me, John, from bring me the cargo it's really, really sickening, if you think about it. And they're just willing to openly sell their souls for whatever goodies they can procure. It, it's insane. So, this religion spreading like wildfire. Of course, regular readers of the Bible know exactly who this man is that they're talking about. The, the Bible describes him this way. Revelation 13 13, verse 13 and 14. And he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast. Now this is the false prophet they're in reference to. Saying to them that would dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. Okay, so... Um, yeah, I mean, this is, uh, John Frum is, is, I believe, you know, the Antichrist, is who we're in reference to here. The devil and all of his followers are fascinated with fire and things that burn. This is easy to understand as hell is filled with fire, and those that are there will burn forever and ever. And it's almost like they're making a mockery of the people, you know, this is called the burning man, okay? The ironic twist is that the devil himself will burn in the fires as well. Hey, where do we hear that at? Well, the Bible says, in the devil that deceived them... These are the people, partly, these 68,000 in the desert, 
And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire in brimstone, where the beast and the false prophet are, and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. I guarantee you the devils and demons don't like hearing that verse, because that's their leader. And that's his end. Huh, the lake of fire. That's where he's leading them all. Here we have a picture unbelievable in scope of Burning Man 2013. It must have been taken by either a plane or a helicopter. And it shows this massive, sprawling expanse of this year's Burning Man Festival with its city in the shape of a UFO. They literally erect the city and it's in the shape of a UFO. 68,000 people. It's un- you got to like see this picture. It's unreal. Um, uh, it's going to be on, I don't know, page 15 or 16 of the PDF for this teaching on, uh, on a September 2nd, 2013. It's just, it's mind boggling. So yeah, we see that. Okay. So I'm rapidly running out of time here. Um, it's no coincidence that as we get closer to the end time events described in the Bible, the dark underworld of Satan will dramatically rise and assume a larger and larger role in our everyday society. Everything that the Burning Man Festival stands for described in the Bible is things that God hates. False gods, idol worship, the groves, all of these, all of these things incurred God's wrath on his practitioners. Ezekiel 20 verse 8. But they rebelled against me and would not hearken unto me. They did not even... They did not every man cast away the abominations of their eyes, neither did they forsake the idols of Egypt. Then I said, I will pour out my fury upon them to accomplish my anger against them in the midst of the land of Egypt. The time is short, the hour has grown late, and the sky above us is ever darkening. All those who practice these abominations and try to spit in the face of Jesus Christ will one day soon feel the wrath that fell upon the people of Noah's day in the flood and Lot's day with the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. Tear down your idols and ask the Lord Jesus Christ to save you before it's too late. And again, if you don't know what that is, how to get saved, go to contendingfortruth.com, click on the True Salvation tab, and listen to those teachings in the order I have them listed. Uh, next report, Kabbalistic magic. Can we build a real golem? Academics think so. A conference in the Czech Republic is calling for a robot and artificial researchers to work on real-life golems. In the Jewish and Czech folklore, the golem is an artificial human-like creature that's animated by magic, by witchcraft. And some scientists want to try their best to create a real-life version of the golem. Hey, why not? The Beyond Artificial Intelligence Conference to be held at the University of West Bohemia in the Czech Republic this November is calling on researchers to submit papers on how to best create an artificial golem intelligence. Topics for the conference include possibilities for building cybernetic brains and the use of the Kabbalah, the highest form of, of Jewish witchcraft, essentially, the use of the Kabbalah in artificial intelligence labs. Now they're going to start combining cybernetic, like the whole post-human, uh, transhumanism concept, overtly with high-level witchcraft to literally reanimate or, or to create monsters. Okay, This is, again, part of the brave new George Orwellian world that we're moving into. Uh, you know, it's just unbelievable. And... Then, um, next report, over 10,000 Israelis have signed up for a pilot project that provides them with a smart Israeli identity card that includes biometric information. 
The project is now operating in over a dozen cities and is currently voluntary, but although it's likely to become mandatory in the future. The benefits for Israelis, in, according to the Interior Ministry, is that they will receive an identity card that will be next to impossible to duplicate and will stop put a stop to instances of identity, identity theft and fake ID cards. I remember well a book I read as a, by a Christian author entitled When Your Money Fails, written in about 1988. The author spoke in great te- detail about the coming mark of the beast and how it would be presented to the people of the world. The author correctly noted that the path toward the mark would start out innocently through credit cards and debit cards, which would have the effect of eliminating cash in the marketplace. But the specter of identity theft would raise its ugly head so powerfully that ultimately identity cards using biometric data would be developed and would be presented to the public as a benefit. In the short term, a smart identity card would be of great benefit, but ultimately it would lead directly to the ultimate identity card, the human body. Thieves would be hard-pressed to steal an RFID-type chip under the skin of either the forehead or the right hand. The mark of the beast is what they're in reference to. So um, you can get now also, if you for credit cards and things like this, particularly if they have uh, passports, RF, they have RFID chips in the passports now on any of the modern ones. And a lot of them, they've even got these chips in credit cards and stuff like that. Um, you can get the... Uh, secure shielded wallets that shield so that you you can't have your identities being stolen with people that have RFID readers and stuff if you get near them. You can get wallets like that now or passport holders that shield that so that they can't do that anyway. You can research that online. Just key in um, RFID shielded wallet uh, and you'll, you'll find them. Uh, and then I also post my teachings here they're kind of dated, but I got into one was the real ID, the implantable mark, uh, microchip, and the mark of the beast. Uh, the next one was the national ID and the mark of the beast. The next one was the hexagram and the mark of the beast, and how that might tie into the mark of the beast. The whole full expose on the hexagram, which is not a Christian symbol. It is a hex, meaning curse, six-pointed star. It is one of the highest symbols in all of witchcraft, even higher than a pentagram which is what witches will typically wear, you know, around their neck. If they're a white witch, you'll see the, the point going up. If they're into black magic, you'll see the point going down, you know, if they're that overt. The, the, the real witch is the ones you have to worry about, the ones that you don't wear any of that stuff, and you can't even tell they're a witch. They're the more higher-ups. So, um, amazingly, I got through everything, and I'm going to go ahead and close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and this time that you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for allowing me to get up another teaching today. I pray that um, whatever truth was spoken today, Lord, that you would convict us of that, that that we would also go out and warn um, our friends, family, and loved ones of these things, uh, whatever and however you would convict us to do that. pray you would open doors for this to happen. I pray that you would give us eyes to see, hearts to hear, uh, ears to hear, and hearts to receive, Lord, and, and these that we would minister as well, and that you would use this information, Lord, to wake people up, Ultimately, that you would use it to get people saved, Lord, for which it will that not one would perish, but that all would come to repentance. And I pray you do forgive us for any and all sins we've committed as we forgive those who have sinned against us and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer, that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.